The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. And I hope everybody has a safe and wonderful 4th of July weekend. If, in fact, you celebrate that, we're going to be going up to Canada with our first guest. I don't think they celebrate Independence Day, but uh, when I say his name, you'll know who he is. Eureka Da Silva. That's right. Uh, If you ever bet a horse at Woodbine Park, I hope his name was in the saddle uh the guy was just an amazing rider but he just came out with a new book called riding for freedom when i say new book it's the first and only book he ever wrote uh but it is an unbelievable tale it's not a tale it's truth but it is just soul bearing it is fantastic the things that this individual has overcome are amazing um and how he got to the top well we'll let him tell the story eureka da silva will be our first guest and our second guest is none other than John Hernandez. If you ever say the words Prairie Meadows, the second words out of your mouth will be, oh yeah, that's John Hernandez's track. Well, he's been there for over a decade now. He could tell you everything about Prairie Meadows. I studied up a little bit on the history, but boy, uh, I was uh, telling uh, my good friend Ed Meyer that I'll speak about here in a minute, saying, you got to see who's out at Prairie Meadows this week. He goes, Prairie Meadows? Who's out there? I'm like, well, how about Mike Maker? How about Steve Asmussen? How about Brad Cox? (laughs) How about Bill Mott? That's right. Those guys are all going to be there. And the Jockeys Colony, of course, uh, just as strong and and amazing. But uh, John sent me a picture of him just about a half an hour ago. And there he was with the big hoss, Nick's Go a winner of 4.6 plus million dollars is going to be going to Altoona, Iowa to compete in the corn husker handicap. So John Hernandez will be our uh, second guest and he's going to help us handicap those races and give you the up to the minute uh, skinny on what is going on there and what is going on here. Happy 65th birthday to my main man, Ed Meyer. For those of you that have been listening to this show for, oh, a little bit over 10 years, will recall that Ed was the host of this show. Uh, We've remained very close over the years, and I I welcome him to the world of Social Security. I know they had a a big to-do for him down at the track today, and uh, so he's taking it in stride. You know, he's getting a little gray in there, but that happens with 65. As long as he stays young at heart, he'll be just fine. So happy 65th birthday to my main man, Ed Meyer. All right, don't forget, we have... Independence weekend here. It's going to go all the way into Monday with the uh, graded uh, with the, the graded stakes races uh, that are going to be run. So there, there's going to 
if our good friend Eric Wing uh, from HorseTourneys.com uh, reached out on Fourth of July weekend, they're going to have 34 featured events, uh, including a special $15,000 guaranteed pick and pray on Monday. So you got 34 chances to get in contest of all levels. And of course, when you're doing that much handicapping, let's make it easy on you folks. That's right. Our easy win forms up at Winning Ponies had another good week everywhere. We're talking about in Cajun country, Evangeline, a 50 cent pick five just three days ago that paid $2,248. Let's go all the way out where I hope they're staying cool. Emerald Downs on the West Coast, a 50 cent pick five that paid over $1,900. And let's go deep in the heart of Texas at Lone Star, a 20 cent pick six. June 25. Those are the easy wind forms at Winning Ponies. It's just that easy, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I don't know where to start uh, this uh, uh, this week's show because there's just so much happening right now. Well, uh, we, well let's start out with uh, when we get to John Hernandez, he's going to tell us about the scratches at Prairie Meadows, particularly in the Iowa Derby, where early on, uh, Michael Stidham announced that Proxy wouldn't be coming. You know, this horse just an amazingly bred son of Tappet uh, out of the grade one stakes winner panty raid. Uh, came up lame after a workout. Nothing career engine, just uh, hopefully a little hitch in his get along. But so, so we know that Proxy's out, but Mystic Guide will be going to the races out of the Stidham barn. That son of ghost zapper has won $7.5 million. That's right. Most of that money coming from the impressive win in the Dubai world cup. Now he hasn't raced since that race in March. Will there be a Dubai bounce? I'm not thinking so, but Hey, Todd Pletcher's not ducking him at Belmont Park in the Suburban. He's bringing in Happy Saver. We just don't know how good this colt is. He's never been beat. 5-4-5, five, five. but Mystic Guide, he's going to have uh, his running shoes on in the Suburban. Now, the Suburban is going to be on the third, so that's Saturday. A lot of the races we're going to be looking at tonight uh, are, are going to be run on Friday. We're kicking off the weekend at Prairie Meadows. Um, awful hard to keep up with the Bob Baffert story. Uh, so much is going on, but it, of course, if you just go, go up online, you can read Naira's uh, latest uh, kind of... Uh, uh, statement about uh, Mr. Baffert and their feeling, and uh, you know they're they're just saying, hey, we're not a governmental uh, being. We're just uh, you know trying to keep racing on the up and up, and uh, we just don't feel that right now having Bob Baffert uh, at the Naira tracks is in our best interest. And of course, as we've been seeing over the weeks, we've been seeing more and more horses leaving the Baffert barn so their owners can see them compete in Kentucky and in New York. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see where this lands, ladies and gentlemen, because right now the, the, the tide of uh, racing entities 
seems to be weighing hard against Bob Baffert. We will find out as we follow this story. Well, uh, we're uh, uh, Eureka Da Silva calls Canada his home, and he has ridden Canadian champions and. Canadian Horse of the Year, Mighty Heart, scored a sharp front-running Dominion Day victory. Happy Dominion Day to everybody north of the border. But uh, so uh, Mighty Heart, remember the name of this horse, got the job done. He won the 2020 Queen's Plate. And uh, in the Dominion Day, he was not favored. And he turned back the 8-5 to favorite, marched to the arch in the upper stretch, and pulled away to win by one and three-quarter lengths. So uh, there's a little fresh news there from Canada, racing today. Okay, how about the racing that we uh, looked at last week and got to watch over the weekend? We saw some unbelievable performances. The Stephen Foster, just how good is Maxfield sent away no surprise at two to five the Brendan Walsh trainee who had never run the mile and eighth distance added another win so now eight career starts seven victories and one third passes the million dollar mark in the six hundred thousand dollar grade two Stephen Foster at Churchill Downs in the second spot was Warriors Charge, Cox trainee with Florent Giroux. Plenty of speed, but couldn't hold off Maxfield with Jose Ortiz in the saddle. Maxfield also has never been defeated at Churchill Downs. So it's going to be an interesting race as we head towards the Breeders' Cup and some big fall uh, races. Uh, then in, in the Floor de Lee. Here's another one that's stamping herself as a contender for Horse of the Year, Latruska. My God, she's a huge, beautiful mare. Uh, daughter of Super Saver, uh, trained by Fausto Guterros, Jose Ortiz in the saddle. And it was an impressive win. So far this year now, she's got five starts, four victories, and a game second in the Azari, where uh, she was three wide and got out and just couldn't get by. A nice horse. She shares the devil. So keep an eye on Latruska, ladies and gentlemen. Antoinette Mott trainee was second, and in the third spot was Kenny Peck McPeaks. Envoltante, if I'm saying that correct. And also at Churchill, last to first in the wise Dan on the grass at Churchill Downs. Of course, the grass will be different next year. They're putting in a new course. Sent away at eight to five. Very nice ride. Florent Giroux for Brad Cox. We've seen plenty of that. That's three wins in a row for Set Piece, a British bread that was sent over here under the care of Brad Cox. Some like it. Hot Brown tried to get the job done on the front end, but just couldn't get there with Jose Ortiz. My God, he can't win everything, but it was a game effort by some like it hot Brown in the wise. Dan third was ride the common. Remember we went up to Thistledown for the Ohio Derby and uh, we had Hugh Drexler 
the uh, director of racing there with us. And Mask Parade got the job done. This horse was booked at eight to one at one point, went off at two to one. Somebody knew something. This is a horse coming off of 11 and three quarters wins and an optional claimer at Churchill, but it was at the mile and one eighth distance of the Ohio Derby. Uh, second in there was King Fury. And third, Keep me in mind with blinkers on. Also, at Thistledown, not every day they have a quarter million dollar race to join the Ohio Derby. The winner in here, Crystal Ball, another horse that Hugh Drexler uh, talked about on the show. And this is a horse that was in the um, backstretch with Bob Baffert. And now it races for Rudolph Brissett. Got to make some more money, $750,000 baby. She's a four-year-old filly now, but she captured the Lady Jacqueline. All right, that's a look at last week's top action. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. I'm really looking forward to the next segment uh, with uh, Eureka Rosa da Silva, who's going to tell us about his life and times and his book, Riding for Freedom. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Pump. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with busr you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john inglehart racing's regular guy the phone lines are open and are toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have been pumped up about this interview all week long. As I told you in the intro, uh, the book that's out right now, Riding for Freedom, Eureka Rosa da Silva, uh, while he's known for winning some of the world's biggest races, but the 
biggest challenge he ever had was really fighting for his life and and fighting with himself. Before we get to some of those uh, uh, parts of the book, though, Eureka, thank you so much for joining us this evening. John, thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege to be here today, and I'm so excited. Well, uh, you know... uh, friend of mine, friend of yours, Sandy Hawley said, Hey, John, a friend of mine's got a new book out. You really should check them out and give them, you know, give them a call, give them a contact. So I reached out to you, um, on uh, Facebook and you were so nice to, to send me a hardcover copy of the book, but that's not why I'm talking to you. People, uh, I talk to a lot of different authors and people know I'm usually a one chapter a day kind of guy. I read your book in two sittings. The first sitting I went past halfway, and the last sitting was Sunday morning in the sunshine here, uh, and went right through it. Never put down, sat there, and my God, it is just an intriguing uh, story. And I, 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 I must say this, Eureka, because anybody that that finds the book and, and reads it will know. You were so honest and open about all of the things that happened to you, both in your childhood and then growing up uh, through becoming a jockey. Um, how were you able to open yourself up like this to everyone? Uh, John, when I decided to do the book, to make this, write this book, um, I, I want to do this way. You know, I want to do the most honest is possible book and I you know all the people around me I keep calling them if they remember the story and tell the way is you know life everybody think we have a perfect life we smile all the time but behind the scene you know you you never know what uh, people carry and I was carrying a lot of weight in my back you know and I'm very lucky I work with a great professional great psychologist and that helped me out to get out from this mud you know it's like almost you you get you are in this mud you know and and i have a great profession that helped me out to get out from this and i overcome and uh, and i feel very strong inside myself to tell the very honest way to help people you know people that sometimes they they feel anxious, they feel anxiety, and, uh, you know, and they doing something they know is not right for them, but they continue doing because they cannot stop, because when the anxious come, the anxiety come, they go there and do, like, you know, could be drug, alcohol, sex, like myself, sex addicted, and, but if you go for help, you can overcome this, you know? Well, and there's so many people that won't be open about that, and you are truly open about it in writing for freedom. And before we go, Eureka, you have to let us all know where we can go to get this book because I, I, I'm highly recommending it. I mean, it was it was kind of a soul searching uh, for me. I mean, anytime I've seen you, you've got this huge smile on your face and your fist pumping. Of course, most of the time you just want to, you know, a group stakes race. So there's, you've got good reason to smile. But that's the side that we see of you. Again, now bring us back. I know we've only got 20 minutes in the segment, but. Um, 
growing up in you, you were from kind of a rural town. You were from a uh, cattle dairy farm, so it's not like you were born and raised at a racetrack. If you can, in just a few minutes, kind of capsulize how you came from this small farm in Brazil uh, to the spotlight in Canada. You know, I I grew up like I grew up like you said in this small very very small little town, you know, and I had this dream that I watched a race when I was five years old and I keep this dream alive inside myself. And I had to leave my house when I was uh, 13 years old. And before that, I broke two times, I broke my arm trying to ride a horse and learn, you know. And uh, and then I went to a, a, a racetrack and then I went to uh, 60, I left my house when I was 12, 13 years old around 12, 13 years old. And then when I was 16, I went to Sao Paulo. That's a big town, big racetrack. I went to the riding school, and I did very well. I was the champion apprentice. Uh, I, I won a lot of races. I won a lot of big races in Brazil. Then I went to Macau, and then I came to Canada. Well, After that, I was in Macau for five years before Canada. And uh, it's funny, I had a guest on last week whose father uh, rode in Macau, said that was the one track he didn't get to see his dad drive, uh, ride at. But um, it, it didn't take long for you, once you got in the rhythm, what was it about the communication? I think it might have started with a, with a mule. What was it uh, with you and the communication between you and an equine horse? Um, you, you know, when I was kid, I have a lot of emotional pain, you know, because I grew up in a in the difficult room. My, my my house was a difficult place for me. It was not easy. My mom always fights with my father. You know, my my father was not a, the best father, you know, and uh, and 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 when I see the horses and I'm with the horses, man, and you know, I see another person. You know, I feel, you know, I feel the compassion, the love, and and it gives me such a great feeling. You know, the horses is 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 all about love. I'll be honest. Well, you 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 uh, tell us about in the book. Sometimes when there were horses that were long shots in a race that you, you went ahead and, and and took them out or you started working with the horse in the morning and got to know him and he got to trust you. And there's one story where you're in the starting gate and it, the horse looked back at you as if to say, we got this one, Eureka. <laughs> You know what? I rode the horse. Sometimes you ride horse long shot, man, but you have all the faith on the horse, you know. And they run good races when you have this great feeling, this great faith. Be honest, always work. Uh, I was riding the the mile, the Woodbine Mile. It was my last race. I won all the major race here in Canada, and my last year I never won the mile, you know. And I riding this long shot, and we going to the gate, man. This horse just look at me and with that confidence, but bring me so much confidence in my heart. I said, it's like, we're going to get this, buddy. You know, we'll take yes. care of business. You know, and we went there and won. It was like incredible, man. 
It was because I got to witness it, not in person, but I'll, I'll tell you, I was driving from Cleveland, Ohio. I was covering some races up there and, and I drove as fast as I could to get to Columbus, Ohio, because I wanted to get to a racetrack to watch the, the, the Woodbine Mile on television. And I think I went there to watch Got Stormy, to be totally honest with you, Eureka, uh, and you did what you've did so many times in your career, if memory serves me well. You were never afraid to get your book down, your boot down on the hedge or the rail and save as much ground as you could. And all of a sudden, I'm saying to myself, who the hell is that? And it was a horse by the name of El Tormento and you just blowing through that final stage of the race and the way you celebrated uh, again, this was in the tail end of your career was if I got the Woodbine mile folks, I've done it. You know, you could, you could, you could put a uh, exclamation point on my career. Now it was great to, to, to see it. I, I'm getting goosebumps just talking to you about it. Yeah, it was a very special day, you know, because that is my last chance. You know, that's my last chance, and I got that. And and you know, it's nice to live in the highlights. And I'm very grateful Woodbine. You know, Woodbine racetrack being amazing for for my life. You know, uh, and man, they have uh, Woodbine. Uh, I'm very proud of Woodbine to be riding Woodbine because. You know, they have, we have such a great track here, man. Like the grass, you see in the television, uh, our grass is, uh, the turf The turf course is amazing. You know, we have two, like, beautiful turf course. We have the poly track. We have the uh, training track that is awesome. It's like, it's really, really good racetrack. Now, y- you ha- are not a large man but you have a huge heart and there are uh, different references in this book to different horses and people that you helped out along the way. And and one of them was Alexandria Tersigny, if I'm saying that correct, that was really a touching part of your life, wasn't it? She was very special for me. You know, like I get emotional when I talk about her because uh, you know, she, she was like my kid, man. Uh, she came, she never, she didn't talk to nobody before in her life, you know. She's in the shelf. And um, and and then I start talking to her and trying to do another jock to her. And, you know, and I even ask another jock, go there, give her a hug and cheer her up, you know. And then she just explodes, start talking to everybody. And... Um, you know, unfortunately, she has a, sh- a short life, you know. Uh, but uh, she was very, very special person in my life. Yes, uh, that's a very touching part of the book. And another yeah. part, an- another part is um, you were you. There was a horse you were riding, and you seemed to bond so well with your horses. But I think you overheard a conversation between uh, a trainer and a veterinarian, and basically the news was go ahead and put the horse down and you wouldn't let that happen. No, I, 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 you know, that horse, man, uh, I was riding him as a two years old and I rode the horse twice and I such a strong horse. And then I saw the horse with the head down there. He's a young horse and the tra- the owner went to put the horse down. And I, when I heard that, I asked the vet, what about if I take this horse to the farm? You know, I retired him 
no race anymore. What's the chance there? He said 85%. I said, you know, I'll take the chance. I, um, I even was 50%, I would take the chance. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, I took the horse. I, I paid for the surgery and, and, you know, and the horse is very happy in the farm and live happily in the farm. That's fantastic. Now, also, I I was talking with Sandy earlier this week. He said, hey, ask your Rico about some of the charities involved in because uh, he is really a charitable person. Uh, Which charities uh, have you adopted or have you taken an interest in over the years? Over the years, I helped the long run. They do do a great job. You know, they take this horse, um, retire like the horses that uh, retired, have no home, they bring to the farm, they adapt them, they treat them well, and then after that, somebody can adapt them or adopt them and, and, and take them away, and some another ones come in. But they, they, if you go to their farm and you can see how happy the horse is, they have their own products, like Melanich. I don't know if you remember Melanich. Melanich. Mm-hmm. He's a, no. a very good horse. Yeah. Uh, Big Red Mike won the Queen's Plate. He's there. Wow. Yeah. Like, they treat the horses, like, really, really, really good. You know? And, Sounds like um, Canada's version of old friends. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes. 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 Now, I, I've got to ask you one thing, because earlier uh, in the show, um, I was talking about uh, last year's uh, uh, champion, uh, Mighty Heart, uh, the, uh, the Canadian Horse of the Year. You were the regular rider of Pink Lloyd, weren't you? Yes, I was. Wow. What was that like? He was like Superman. That horse was invincible. Uh, I know Man. he's getting a little getting a little old now. I understand he ran second in his last race, but what was your relationship with uh, uh, Pink Lloyd uh, like? Because he was like a Canadian uh, icon. Oh yeah, Pink Lloyd. If he was in the lead, you know, the passing, and he was behind. You know, he's going to pass some other guys. You know. Every time I ride that guy, man, I ride with full confidence. He was so good. It's like, Tina, how many times he said, to her, go there and go easy, half mile, 46. <laughs> you know, so then I, I told I, oh, Tina, I said, oh, but he went to 46, man. I said, believe me, he he could way, go way faster. He's just a, such a good horse, man. Nature, like, so natural. He, he just flows. You know, well, like really, really good horse. Well, you 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 floated very well with him. I, I'll say that over all of those wins. Um, now, uh, you are very open in in your book, Riding for Freedom, about uh, how important that mental therapy was to help you get over. I'll just call them the, the demons that haunted you throughout your life. And not only did it uh, help you focus on what was important to Eureka as a person, but it helped you focus on your your writing and keep you away from the many distractions you had during different parts of your life. And now you've transferred that ability to deal with it to other 
professional athletes, and I understand that you're stepping into the career of a life coach. Yes, that's what I'm going to do because, you know, uh, John, it's, uh, it's very reward when you achieve your dreams, you know, and I did my, I did all, man, with horse racing. I, I, I feel very happy about my career. I, I left in the high notes and, uh, I started being successful when I started doing the mental work. I only now work with therapists, but I hire another coaches is, uh, you know, to see all these big guys. Uh, in the sport doing, you know, I want to know what they're doing different that I could do it, that I can apply for my life, you know, and I learned all these tools, plus then I took courses also to help people, and this is my goal now, to help another riders, another athletes, to uh, achieve their dreams, you know, and sometimes it's not a simple question and and give them a guide where they need to be focused, uh, focus what they can control, and really put them in another gear. Well, the, the, the nice thing is you, you're not pointing to somebody and saying, this guy did it. You take your finger and point it at your heart and say, this guy did it. And if I can mm -hmm. do it, you can do it. Let me just help you get there. Exactly. I can point to myself and say, listen, this guy here, I walk in the street before I can say to you, the last person I want to be was with myself. And I turn that around, I believe anyone can turn. Well, you've done a great job. Now, now correct me if, uh, if, if I'm wrong, but I do believe you're, you, you, you settled down into a nice life with uh, a lovely Irish uh, equine surgeon by the name of Dr. Orlaith Cleary. And I believe there's some uh, kids kicking around the house. When I called you earlier, I thought I heard one. <laughs> yeah, I have, I, I have the privilege to have three beautiful kids. I have William, he's nine years old. I have my daughter, Emilia, is going to be five on the 25th now of July. And then I have Isabel. She's two years old. She's going to be three in October. And, man, I'm, I have a great wife. You know, she's a vet. Uh, you know, take a lot of men to work for vets to being, uh, she does surgeries. You know, she did surgery on hawks and blue or the horse, I think. You know, and then I met her about four years later. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed, you know, with my family. And, uh, and that was the way I want to, to be, you know. Uh, just have my, my life and simple life with my family, get my vegetable growing and take care of my clients. And that's all I want. Well, the, the, the road to your life now was not a straight one. It was a rugged one. It was up a lot of hills. It wasn't smooth. There were a lot of barriers. And you describe it so eloquently in riding for freedom. Now, Eureka, I would think that uh, people could order these through Amazon, uh, perhaps uh, uh, some other outlets. Uh, what, where would you tell someone to go to get a copy of Riding for Freedom? You can go to Amazon.com, Amazon.ca. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com and you can get my book, Ride for Freedom. Two, three days will be on your door. 
Well, all I can say, listeners, is uh, uh, I'm not being paid for my endorsement in any way, shape, or form, uh, but I'm holding the book in my hand uh, strongly right now because uh, this book is an amazing uh, ride uh, with uh, Eureka Da Silva. And you learn a lot about his homeland. You learn a lot about the people. But what you learn about him is that uh, through all of his trials and tribulations, he always took care of his family. He was always going back and taking care of his mother. And whatever he could afford, he'd move her into into better housing. He would eventually uh, help his siblings through uh, some of the times that they had. And uh, he learned how to open his heart and go outward rather than inward and 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 sulk about what was wrong. And he, he turned his life into something that is very, very right. And as you just heard, he's got a lovely wife and three beautiful children that are going to help him get uh, into the years ahead. Riding for Freedom, I highly recommend it. Eureka, thank you so much for spending this time with us on Winning Ponies. No, thank you, and I'm so great to be talking with you now and with your audience, and I wish everybody, everyone, good luck. Well, it's been a pleasure watching you ride over all these years, and I hope once again, ladies and gentlemen, get your pens out, Riding for Freedom. Put this on your list of books to get. It'll make a great read for you and an excellent gift for anybody that you really care about. Well, I hate to have this interview end. It was marvelous talking to uh, a guy that uh, really, uh, to many, has become a hero. Eureka Rosa da Silva, Riding for Freedom. It's been marvelous. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. We're going to go from north of the border to Altoona, Iowa, where we're going to visit with John Hernandez in the great days of racing coming up at Prairie Meadows. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us 
Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, looking forward to this next segment here. We're going to get into a little bit of handicapping, but if you Google the racetrack Prairie Meadows, up will pop a picture of John Hernandez because this guy represents Prairie Meadows like nobody else. He knows everything about the track. Uh, you know, everybody there knows him. Uh, he's a, a part of the community. He's an athletic coach uh, and Heck, now he's friends with uh, Nick's Go. I, I just got a photo of him recently that was taken up at Prairie Meadows. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Well, I'm glad to be on the show with you and looking forward to a huge weekend at Prairie Meadows. All right. Now, Prairie Meadows, and I told our listeners uh, we we uh, have these forms and we follow Prairie Meadows, but um, it's I did my homework, man. If I did as much in college as I've done learning things about this show, I would have been an A student. But, um, <laughs> but uh, it, you know, I mean, we go all the way back to people talking about hard times in Iowa back in the early 1980s, and uh, you, you know, the fact that uh, the people in the central part of the country had exposure to horse racing through XRBEN. And then all of a sudden, in 84, uh, the Racing Commission gave out the first uh, license. I believe you're in Polk County. And then they approved slots. And as you know, that moved things along for, for the racetrack. And you've been the beneficiary of that. Am I right on my history lesson so far? Yes, you are. Uh Prairie Meadows came on board uh, the racing scene in the late 80s and uh, was unsuccessful early on as just a racetrack. But, boy, that casino legislation really changed things, and they came back full steam in 1993, been going ever since. This is my 12th season at Prairie Meadows. I came from California where I cut my teeth at all the big racetracks out in California, Hollywood Park, Del Mar, Santa Anita, and uh, – Came to Prairie Meadows and became the uh, television commentator. Have had many hats since then. Horseman's liaison, publicist, you name it, I've done it. And it's funny, I was uh, sharing a story with my friend Ed Meyer. It's his birthday today. And uh, I, I brought up the word track master. He's like, yes. He says, I think I've still got my track master unit somewhere. <laughs> uh, you, you were involved in the early days of track master, for those of us that remember it. Yes. So there was a gentleman by the name of David Siegel, who later became uh, a successful uh, amateur harness driver, and I think maybe even professionally out in the uh, Sacramento area of California. He asked me to come on board uh, with Trackmaster in the early days when we went around the country all over the map, uh, holding seminars at different racetracks and off-track wagering centers, trying to get people to sign up. Uh, not only for the service, which was only available uh, via telephone modem download on this little handheld uh, calculator-looking device that you had to buy and then subscribe to the service. So I was up and down the eastern seaboard um, just having a good time doing seminars all over the uh, middle eastern seaboard, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New York. I saw Rockingham Park. I was all over the place back then, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, but uh, that was a short-lived thing because sooner or later the Internet came along and they realized, well, 
we don't need to go tell people about it. We'll just point them to the website, and we don't even need a calculator in their hands anymore. They'll just get it on their on their computers. Well, before we get, and what's great is you get to kick off. Uh, the 4th of July weekend. And I'm like, hey, folks, you're looking for something to do where I am Friday evening. Um, uh, you want to go to Prairie Meadows. And then I, I, you know, reeled off the litany of jockeys and trainers uh, that are going to be in Altoona, Iowa, if I'm correct, on Friday. And it's just fantastic. Now, we're going to get into those races. But real quick, I also found out from digging around a little bit, you know how to swing a tennis racket pretty good and you teach others to do it. Oh, yeah. I'm the head coach of the Ames High School Boys Tennis Team, and uh, we had a good season this year. Managed to get a doubles team to the state tournament. They did not do well. They were two and uh, two and out, and uh, we came home. But nonetheless, it was a good season, and I take private uh, pupils during the course of the summer. So it's really something that I enjoy, sharing the game and sharing my knowledge of the game and trying to make these kids better tennis players. All right, we're going to get into these big races and how you attracted those outfits I alluded to earlier. Uh, just want to know for our people getting ready to handicap uh, some of these races, uh, how's the weather looking? You know, I know that hot weather is blowing a little bit eastern. How's Prairie Meadows looking for the weekend? It is going to be warm, maybe even hot. No hint of any precipitation in the immediate future. We're talking maybe late next week before we see any more rain here. It's been a pretty dry summer, all things considered. We've had a couple of storms here and there, but I think overall uh, we're way behind on rainfall, which is not a good thing for the uh, soybean and corn farmers, but uh, we like it at Prairie Meadows because it keeps us running on a fast track. That's right. You've got water trucks to take care of that. Well, uh, your uh, racing secretary or racing office, perhaps yourself, uh, have done a great job at recruiting uh, top-tier horses uh, to, to travel out to Prairie Meadows for Friday's card. We're, we're going to get our teeth into a, a, a great pick three, uh, starting with the Iowa Derby, going to the Iowa Oaks, and then landing on what I think might be everybody's single, and that is the sensational Knicks go. Brad Cox and Joel Rosario will be in town Congratulations on landing that one. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's a big coup for us. So hats off to a couple of people right off the bat. Ray Lopez, stakes coordinator. Mike Anafantis, racing secretary. Ray Lopez is the same Ray Lopez who way back when was Stuart Elliott's agent when Smarty Jones turned for home with a big lead in the Belmont and got oh. nailed by Birdstone. He's our stakes coordinator now. Wow. Well, this is a small world, and that's why you don't burn any bridges, John, you know? Exactly. Uh, that is interesting. Now, uh, obviously, unless you uh, uh, travel to Churchill Downs, uh, Nick's go is on the grounds. That was a great photo of, of you and him back at the stall. I, I take it everybody's settled in, doing well, and uh, really looking forward to uh, Friday evening in the grade three, $300,000 corn husker handicap and i'm glad you kept that race alive yes we kept it alive we saved it from axarben and omaha and we call it the prairie meadows corn husker uh you're right i saw nicks go this morning on the backside of prairie meadows my fingers were crossed all day yesterday because i knew brad cox was supposed to be shipping and i made sure that the stable superintendent let me know the minute 
he was on the ground. She said, uh, she texted me and said, is he a gray? I said, yeah, you bet he's a gray. So we knew he was there. Um, he was uh, bedded down in Junior Guillory, Henry Guillory Jr.'s shed row, and uh, Junior got to gallop him this morning. And I saw Junior a little bit later on this afternoon in the racing office, and he had this, his eyes were like saucers. He said, he said, John, he said, that horse, his neck, it's huge. He says, I've never <laughs> been on a horse like that. He says, he's an absolute monster. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. I mean, obviously, the connections of Nixco, the Korean Racing Authority, and trainer Brad Cox are trying to get Nixco back into the winner's circle after two fourth-place finishes, um, and those were on the heels of two gigantic wins. So we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, he is the horse with a target on his back in the Prairie Meadows Cornhusker. He is, but I'll tell you what, you know, I've been reading uh, the experts because I certainly don't consider myself to be one. And what they're saying is, is Nick's go is back to his game two turns and neither of those last two races of course uh, one of them uh, took place at Saudi Arabia uh, were around two turns they were both one turn races and now he's going to get what he likes the two turns at Prairie Meadows yeah no doubt about that and you know um, you have to understand the uh, layouts of some of those tracks that you're not familiar with Belmont Park of course we know is a one turn mile but uh uh, over in Saudi Arabia for the Saudi Cup, that's also uh, a one-turn race, and they have some big, gigantic layouts over there. Um, you're right. This is what Nixco likes to do, go two turns, go a mile, mile and an eighth, maybe even a little bit longer, but this is right in his wheelhouse, I think, a mile and an eighth in the Husker. And it, it, it's great. I mean, he, he's he's definitely got potential. His name's in there for Horse of the Year. I mean, what a, what an achievement that would be for you folks at Prairie Meadows uh, to have raced the, the uh, uh, Horse of the Year in the Prairie Meadows Cornhusker Handicap. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, a few years ago, uh, it went the other way. We had a horse come into Prairie Meadows and win the Prairie Meadows Cornhusker and then go on to Santa Anita and win the Breeders' Cup Classic. That was Fort Larned. Uh, now we've got it the other way around. We've got a horse that won a Breeders' Cup race, and the Pegasus World Cup comes into Iowa looking uh, to redeem himself, get back on the winning track, and I think they found a good spot. Brad Cox has been very supportive of the festival races over the years, and so I, I think it, it speaks to, to his support of the stakes program and our efforts to really recruit the top horses in the nation. And, you know, people uh, hear you say, well, I think Nick's goes uh, going to come when you see him on the nomination list. And they go, yeah, okay, I guess, maybe I'll be surprised. But, you know, I saw him in the flesh this morning. He, he was a big horse full of himself, liked to throw his head around a little bit. And you got to be careful because I'm sure his head is harder than mine. <laughs> Well, listen, you've got uh, great uh, races leading up to it. Let's take a, a step back uh, to the Iowa Oaks. And how many times have Steve Asmussen won this race? He comes in with Pauline's uh, Pearl, who's closing in on a half a million dollars from only six lifetime starts. Yeah, Asmussen and Santana. That's been a winning combination for, it seems like, the whole time I've been at Prairie Meadows. There's always an Asmussen chipper or two, and there's always a Ricardo Santana win or two on festival night. They maybe had one lean year, but generally when they ship horses to Prairie Meadows, they win, they mean business and they win races. I mean, we're talking about the, the, the grade three fantasy winner who, uh, 
you know, had some issues in the Oaks, but definitely deserving of favoritism, Pauline Spurl. But we'll have to run uh, because there's Army Wife in the, in the gate right next to her. So that shapes up to me to be a two-horse battle. I, I don't see uh, the rest of the runners competing for the victory, but obviously you've got to figure out who's going to run behind those two. I suspect it's going to be either 1-2 two or 2-1 two, in some order like that, and then we'll have to pick up the others for the minor rewards. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Brad Cox has another in there, and uh, uh, Sister Annie that ought to be part of the uh, the early action there at Prairie Meadows in, in the Oaks. And uh, Olivia of the Desert uh, beat uh, Sister Annie uh, last time out. Kenny McPeak, he's not afraid to put a horse on a van and ship, but coming off a, a win where? At Prairie Meadows. Is that considered exactly. the major prep? Is that considered the major yeah, prep no, they, for this they, race? Yeah, the, the Panthers is the prep for this race. And so Olivia of the Desert came in, won it, and beat Sister Annie. So there you have it. Uh, Kenny McPeak running one, uh, Brad Cox running two. But again, uh, they did not face the likes of Army Wife or Pauline's Pearl in the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're talking with John Hernandez, the king of Prairie Meadows, and let's take uh, the race that will kick off at least that pick three, and uh, that is the Iowa Derby, and John has some late-breaking news for us. If you have your past performances out, you're going to want to uh, take your pen and scratch out a few races, a few horses. Yeah, I knew we'd get to this. Uh, in the Derby, which is our sixth race on the card, kicking off the festival, scheduled to be at the gate about uh, 8.15 or so central time. Proxy, the one horse, will not run. He was injured in a workout over the weekend, and so we knew that early in the week. Now we find out that Bourbon Thunder, the three horse, Ian Wilkes' horse, will not run, and another Brad Cox runner, Snowhouse, will not run. Uh, Brad's also got Gagetown in the race, and so the thought is we'll send Snowhouse back east and run in a stakes in New York. So one, three, and eight are out. And uh, so with those changes, our morning line maker, Bob Nastanovich, put Superstock at 5-2, to two, the two-horse. Then four, Flash of Mischief at 5-1. to one. The five-horse, Stiletto Boy, 10-1. to one. Right and Jess, the six-horse, 9-2. to two. Gagetown, the seven, at 4-1. to one. And then number nine, Nova Rags, at 7-2. to two. So that's the revised morning line on the Derby. And uh, just as we saw some of these top trainers uh, prepping for the Iowa Oaks, uh, I'm looking at uh, the Prairie Mile won by Gagetown. Brad Cox came in and took that one with Fernando de la Cruz. He brings in his first string rider, Florent Giroux, to ride on Friday. Yes, I I suspect that uh, Gagetown will definitely have a say in the outcome of the race. He won the... uh, Prairie Mile by a neck and uh, did it under Fernando de la Cruz over Flash of Mischief, who's also in the race for trainer Carl Broberg, who, as you know, wins a lot of races. His yeah. uh, first call rider, Elvin Gonzalez, is back in the saddle. So Elvin's been on uh, Flash of Mischief for a victory in our Golden Circle over a muddy track and then second beaten Justin Neck to uh, Gagetown in the Prairie Mile. So those two definitely deserve consideration. Their, their numbers, their speed figures look okay, but I think they have to contend with the other Aspas and Horse Superstock and uh, maybe even the Mod Horse number 9 Nova Rags. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, straight from the horse handicapper's mouth. John Hernandez, thank us so much for joining us on Winning Ponies this week, and we'll be watching you at Prairie Meadows on Friday. All right, it'll be fun.
Also, thanks go out to Eureka Rosa Da Silva, Riding for Freedom is the name of the book. My name is John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Have a great 4th of July and watch those fingers and fireworks. If you drink like a fish, swim, don't drive. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.